0: Our gospel lesson for today, the second Sunday of the season of Christmas, comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. But to all who received him who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only son who is close to the father's heart, who has made him known. The gospel of the Lord. O people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. Over the course of the last several years, there's a habit that I've gotten into in my own personal reading of the scripture. I have gotten a hold years and years ago, I've had it for a really long time, and over the course of the last few years, I've really started utilizing it. It's a Bible that's broken up into daily readings called the season of reflection. Now, every day it includes uh, a passage from the Old Testament, and it includes a passage from the New Testament, and it includes a reading either from Psalms or Proverbs. And every single day, it's got them broken up January 1st, all the way through December 31st. Now, as I am recording this, it's New Year's Eve. And so today, I finished it up for another year. I read the very end of Revelation, last part of the New Testament, therefore the last part of the Bible. And it ends with the promise that Jesus is coming again soon. And it offers us grace and peace through Jesus, and then it ends, amen. That's how the Bible ends. Now, when I finished that reading, of course, to get ready for tomorrow and tomorrow's reading, I took my bookmark and I flipped it back to the beginning because, of course, tomorrow, as I'm recording this, will be January 1st, we'll start a new year. And with that, the Old Testament, or the first part of the Bible, is gonna start off Genesis 1 in the beginning. Now, maybe, just maybe, that sounds familiar similar to what we heard today. And I think that's intentional on John's part. But I love how the Bible starts. Now, pastor joke, I make this all the time. Whenever we're looking for Genesis 1, remember it starts in the beginning. Ha 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 ha. I know, it's it's dumb. Pastor joke, I make it anyway. But that's where it starts. And the Bible begins with this story Whether we take it literally or whether we take it as a story intended to reveal truth to us, we have the story about how when our reality started, when it began, God already was. Whatever, whoever, however God is, God already was when our reality is we know it began. And God, the all-powerful creator of the, the universe and our reality and everything in it already was and began creation. And what we have in the scriptures, not just in Genesis 1, not just in John 1, not just in Revelation, but everything in the scriptures talks about ways it is to be human in this reality and the ways that God is present and interacting with it. That's what we have over and over and over again in countless different stories that were recorded at countless different times in many different places, in many different cultures by countless different people. That's what the story is, the ongoing story of what it is to be human and how God interacts with that. Now, what I really, really appreciate about the promises that are made in the scriptures over and over and over again, as we see the ways that God interacts with this reality, is we have this promise that is made by God to be present with God's people, with the chosen people, which, hey, I believe is all of humanity, because as we know, when God made humanity, God called it very good. So we have these promises over and over and over again, made in many different ways, manifest in many different forms and over and over again through the scriptures we continue to have these promises of God who will dwell among us who will somehow be present with us in one way or another and we see it take shape in many different ways now when we get to the new testament we find something new going on because every time that God has been present with the people it's been in a very miraculous very, very almost cosmic way, and yet not always really in a physical form. Sometimes we have God taking forms like we hear in, in the Old Testament, we hear of God showing up in a pillar of fire, or a pillar of smoke, and we have that presence that way. We have God dwelling in the tabernacle, and then in the temple, in this form, we, we have that. But it's the presence of God, not really in a tangible form, but then we get into the New Testament and we see God doing something new because God desires to be with us. We have that promise. We have that statement. We have that mentality and that message in the scriptures all the time. This God who desires to be with us, that desires to be known by us as much as God seems to desire to know each one of us. And now something new is going on. Now, of course, we have the four different gospel accounts, and we hear different beginnings to each one of them. But I think John wants us to go all the way back to the beginning, and that's how it starts, in the beginning. It's the first three words of John's gospel, and it immediately takes our brains back there to Genesis 1 and the beginning. And we are reminded that in the beginning was the Word. Whatever the word of God is, we hear that it's with God and it is God. And then all that creation stuff that we hear about in Genesis, it all happened through the word of God. This word that is with God and is God, whatever that means. In this moment, we're reminded that we have a God that exists in different forms or in different persons. This one God and three people or three persons that we talk about, the Holy Trinity, God, the Spirit, God, the Son, God, the Father and Creator, all these different expressions of God, which of course goes beyond our ability to understand. But isn't that the truth of God? God is so utterly other than we are, and bigger than we are, and exists in ways that go beyond our ability to comprehend, and we can't prove it, and we can't necessarily point to it, and it just sort of is. God is, but we don't really know how. But we hear that from the beginning of our reality, God already was, and the word of God who is God was present as well. And in this portion of John's gospel, this opening 18 verses, something oftentimes called the the prologue to John's gospel, we have two different examples of the way that God comes to us. Something that we call the incarnation when God enters our reality. Now the first one that we hear about is the light shining in the darkness. And and that is all kinds of metaphor and, and I'm not really gonna go into that, but we hear that the light of God shines into the darkness that veils all of our eyes and begins to illuminate things. And then we hear about this guy named John who came to testify to it to testify to what he has seen and experienced and his knowledge that the one who comes after me is greater than me because he was also before me. And yeah, that's a big old tangent circle that's kind of hard to wrap our heads around. But John recognizes that the one who is coming after him, who is Jesus, of course, existed before him. And so his ministry points us towards Jesus. This is something that we had through the season of Advent back in December. And and you know what? It's good and it continues on here as well. From there, we switch and we hear what are maybe the most famous words from John's gospel, the word became flesh and dwelled among us. This word that was with God and was also God and is part of all of creation becomes human. God puts on flesh. That which is so utterly other than we are decides to humble himself into the form of a human to become something that we can see to become something that we can hear and 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 feel and experience tangibly the god who desires to be known does so in a way that we can Experience The word became flesh. Now, what I love about this whole story is the reminder that God did not just manifest as the fully grown Jesus who would then go into ministry and then take on the cross and die and be born er, and be raised again. Though, of course, that all happened. God didn't start off that way or Jesus didn't start off that way. He started in the same exact way that we all do born into this world as a vulnerable, helpless baby. The all-powerful creator of everything became a helpless infant, utterly dependent on his parents, just as we all are. God became relatable. And even though Jesus is, is fully man and also fully God, and yes, that's all kinds of confusing, we remember that God became Human. This is the beginning of that story. Now, we're here at the end of the season of Christmas, the second Sunday of Christmas, a day in the church year that oftentimes we don't even get to because of the way that the certain days of the week fall, but this year it does. And in Christmas, we remember the Messiah has come to us. That's been the the, the story of the angels and the story that we have shared over the last couple of weeks, that behold, unto you is born a savior. It was Christ the Lord. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, but it's the beginning of the story that will lead to those other things that we already talked about. This, this way that God is somehow overcoming the brokenness of this reality and of humanity, but doing so by becoming human like one of us. The reason behind all of this seems to be found in this last statement that we hear out of this reading from John. The reminder that even though God has come into our reality in different ways, and has promised to be with with the people in different ways, and, and humanity has experienced God in different ways, no one has ever seen God except God the Son. And God the Son has made the Father known. This seems to be the mission of Jesus, to make the unknowable God somehow knowable, to be found in a way that we can experience, that we can begin to understand, if not fully, at least we can begin to experience God made flesh. And then like John, we too are called to share our experience, to testify to our experience, to the ways that we have seen God at work, to the way that we have seen God in one another as we all are are bearers of the Holy Spirit and bearers of the divine image of God. Again, things that we hear about back in Genesis, but we too are called to share it, to share the way that this amazing, all-powerful, utterly other God comes into our world. Oftentimes, at this time of year, there's a joke that gets thrown around. I've heard it in a lot of different sermons. I've probably even used it before, but I'm going to use it again. And it references a wonderful Disney movie called Aladdin. Now, if you're familiar with Aladdin, you know he finds the genie's lamp, and he finally releases the genie, and he's talking about, oh, it must be amazing to be a genie. You can do anything. And the genie says, yes, I can do anything. Phenomenal cosmic power, itty-bitty living space, because he has to live in a lamp. And I can't help but think that this story that we revisit every single year when we remember the birth of Jesus, we remember that the all powerful, all utterly different, all cosmic, huge, big, other, whatever word we wanna use, this other amazing God, totally cosmic, phenomenal cosmic power chose to live in an itty bitty living space, born as a baby, just like us, simply so that that amazing God can truly be known by those whom God loves and claims as beloved child. May we hold on to that as we move out of this season of Christmas into the the new year to come into the new season to come into the unknown future. May we all bear the hope that we find that we have been chosen by God who chose